Following is a class given by His Holiness Jaya Patakaswami Maharaj on December 10th, 1989 in Sri India. The class begins with a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, 1st Canto, Chapter 15, Verse 51. Kali, or 
asking Mother Bhumi what is causing her suffering. The great wise men know past, present, and future in the eyes of the scriptures. They know what the past was, what the future will be. They're able to actually understand the present. Someone who doesn't see through the eyes of the scripture, they cannot even understand what is going on in the present in the proper sense. They have no perspective, no need of analyzing or measuring actually what's going on. What to speak then of understanding the past or the future? The Lord is uh, not understandable by people who are foolish, who are not religious, are not From the age of Kali, even the learned Brahmanas, many are not devotees. They are also having bad habits. So they cannot understand who is the Supreme Personality of God. The biggest conclusion today is no one to know who is God. If you ask someone who God is, you get a lot of different answers. People are not clear who is the Supreme Personality of God. This is one of the symptoms of the fallen age. People are watching the Mahabharata on TV nowadays. They can see how Duryodhana, he was a very powerful king, but he was spiritually bankrupt. His father was blind materially, but his mind also became blind spiritually. Because instead of listening to the good words of Vidura, of Vishma, of Krishna, he listened to the mundane materialistic words of his son, Duryodhana. Although Vishma and others informed Duryodhana, Vidurastra, that Krishna was in fact the Param Brahma, he was the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Bhagavan, Param Brahma himself, Paramatma is simply his part. He should never be offended. But Duryodhana, instead being influenced by Sakuni, who was giving advice in order to destroy Duryodhana, even tried to capture Krishna, who then displayed a universal form and left. No one can catch Krishna except for the devotee of Krishna. Mother Yasoda wanted to catch Krishna and tie him by a rope. She had a very difficult time. Krishna would keep escaping. Then when she finally caught him, she wanted to tie him. Every time she would take a rope to tie him, the rope was coming two fingers short. So, Again, she brought another rope, tied it, two fingers short. She was becoming very anxious, sweating was coming, perspiration. She was trying to tie Lord Krishna as a baby. 
finally allowed himself to be tried. Great sages tried to understand why Mother Yasoda was always coming two fingers short. Then they came to the conclusion that the previous acharyas came to the conclusion that the two fingers signify something. The one finger signifies that Krishna has to give his permission. If he doesn't give his permission, he doesn't give his sanction, nobody can tie him down. Doesn't matter who they are. The second is the desire of the devotee. If the devotee See that devotee's desire is coming first. Because without the devotee's desire, then why Krishna will agree? And the second, which is the final important point, is Krishna has to give his sanction. So Duryodhana wanted to capture Krishna. He is neither devotee, neither will Krishna let him. So there is no hope. Nowadays, there are many powerful people in government, recently one very powerful head of state of the Romania country. He was forcing the people even to go without food, without heat, even though there was enough food in the field. He was selling it outside. He had powerful police, powerful army, but their only purpose was to force the people to work. They use some political slogans like Marxism, communism, to make uh, what he was doing authorized. But all the people were simply being suppressed and tortured. Finally, there was a big mass revolt. Even his wife was the prime minister. He was the president. His wife ordered, according to the papers, I don't know the fact. 12,000 people or 6,000 people were murderers, like that. But then finally the army, they became against the head of state and how here the army to protect the country, but instead we're killing the people. What is our own people? What is the country but its people? So then the army revolted also against the president. And finally the president was captured and executed for murder so many things. So, these are very common things we are reading in the paper, how the rulers are killing their own people to force their own ideas, not on the basis of any spiritual purpose. And the intellectual, they are forced to serve these powerful administrative forces. Previously, intellectuals were respected by the king in Vedic culture. The Brahmanas are the most exalted, but the Brahmanas were also supposed to be the most pure and proper in their behavior. Unheard of for a Brahmana to eat meat or to uh, take intoxication or to do irreligious things. Maybe a sudra or kshatriya might do something. But generally, it was very rare that a Brahman would do these things. It was practically unheard of. But in Kali Yuga, so-called Brahmana is not at all uncommon. 
Five Indian airlines. One can see how many people are taking non-veg and how many people are taking veg. Even the so-called Brahmana. Nowadays, 90% also non-vegetarian. And uh, everyone is imitating the West. Although previously India, West was considered Macha, considered the very low class, meat eaters, uh, people who are uncultured. They were said that if you go across the ocean, you lose your caste. I don't know whether it's in the Vedas, but uh, it was the custom. Even recently, the priest, one of the junior acharyas of the Madhva sect, because he went to America to preach about three years ago, when he came back, they wouldn't let him worship the deity. They said he became polluted. So he, he renounced his, said that what's the use of being a so-called acharya, he can't even go into deity. So this idea is very prominent still among some sectors, maybe in South. But on the other hand, actually I know that junior Acharya, he came and visited our temples in Atlanta and Tennessee. He never even, he didn't wear a shirt. He continued his pujas every day. He didn't uh, break any principle so far that he could tell. He was very strict. Actually, he never left India. He took India, he took uh, his own spiritual environment with him. He was a very nice person. He appreciated Prabhupada's movement. But people were very orthodox. So they said, no, he crossed the ocean. But what people don't realize is now the ocean is crossed over here. Now Western habits have become totally integrated with Indian lifestyle. And this is all predicted in the Veda. Like the Brahmana, here this is written 5,000 years ago, is predicting the Brahmanas were going to be breaking all these regular principles. If the intellectuals, if the leaders of society don't show a good example, then what the common men will do? At least in previous ages, you could find that, all right, some workers, sometimes they get drunk, or maybe some kings would sometimes in a marriage party, they take some light intoxication, make some nice or something. But generally, at least the Brahmins, they were very strict. So there was some standard in society, and this kept, even if there might be some variation, it kept things in a proper line. It was just like the exception proves the rule. The fact that Draupadi was insulted in the Kuru Raj Sabha was so unheard of, it was so incredible, that this thing could never be forgotten by anyone, because this is unheard of that uh, anyone will be disrespected like that, especially a queen, a mother. But now, it's very common that uh, women cannot walk even on the street after dark. It's very dangerous. In Los Angeles, they made a study that out of all the women living in Los Angeles, one out of every three can expect it to be raped in their life. This is from the declared report. 33% women in a city will be raped in their life. This is the modern progress of Los Angeles City, one of the big cities in the world.
I don't know the statistics in other cities. So at least in India, the remnants of Vedic culture, there are some relatively better situations there. But if all the so-called intellectuals of society are going to follow Western ways, or rather follow materialistic, debated habits, then what is the future for the world of India? The Srila Prabhupada, in his purport, actually, he makes, when he's speaking, how the administrative heads as a class will condemn the tenets of Vedic wisdom and will prefer to conduct the so-called secular state. There might be some country in the world, or maybe a few you can think of, where leaders have condemned Vedic wisdom and instead of having a religious country, they had a secular country as an excuse that religion will not be supported. I think that you can all understand when Prabhupada is not naming anything, he's not naming any country, he's not naming any head of state. He's saying it's a shoe fit word. But if we actually analyze this word, we see he's the way God has said this, this is already going on now. He's saying even a philosopher and writer of many books on religious principles may also accept and exalt the quotes in the government which denies all the moral quotes of the gospel. I think he was talking about one of the heads of state of India, but I'm not sure. Anyway, if the truth is where, the point is, is whatever the leaders have said that's happening now. And similarly, just that they have predicted the difficulties, they also present solutions. It's not that the leaders are just condemning uselessly Brahmanas and fallen. The Brahmanas are called Kshatriyas. Kshatriyas are supposed to respect the Brahmanas. If they don't respect, the Brahmanas become like cave dogs standing in the door. Just whenever the, the administrator give me a give me a law, give me a theory, how to uh, stop the population growth, give me a family planning system, we can murder all the babies in the womb, we can stop the pregnancies. They don't think how to make people moral, how to have them follow brahmacharya, how to help a society, even if there's more children, these the children will be well taken care of. That they're not concerned of. Because that would be religion. That would be too much in a mode of goodness. That would create peace in society. Instead, they'll do everything irreligiously and create havoc. This is the problem of Kalimira. Why is saying all these things? So we can see what is going on from a real vision. The Vedas, especially the Srimad Bhagavatam, is trying to give us a perspective on life so we can apply it to make a real better world. If we don't see what's wrong with the world, then you can never improve it. Any government wants to get progress, they have to find out where are their defects. If a business wants to make profit, they have to find out where they're making what. Where the mismanagement, where is the inefficiency. If you want a society which is progressive, which is peaceful, then we have to know where are the defects in society. Where are the problems which are causing the people to suffer. So the first problem is the head has to be very well 
situated. If there's no balance, no intellectuals like you to follow it, then they'll give all type of speculative philosophies which will be put in the common people. This is going on. Actually, Srila Prabhupada, when he was preaching, he said that in the future we have to reestablish a type of varnashram, not this type of uh, sectarian varnashram based on birth alone, but rather type of daivya varnashram based upon quality and work. Whoever is intellectual, a teacher, a preacher, he has to have a high character. He should actually law maker should be the most well-behaved, cultured people. They should be following all the strict rules and regulations and be very religious. Those should be the members of parliament. Otherwise, what law is there doing? And the lawmakers, they should be allowed to vote on their conscience, what they think is right, what's not, according to the Sadhu Shastra rules. Nowadays, everybody has to vote on the party line. Otherwise, they'll get whipped. So, they'll get expelled. Intellectualism or any kind of higher spiritual is very much stifled in a government, very much stifled in society. Oh, so at least let there be one place we can develop, one society we can try to develop a type of uh, better society. We can try to create a new type of Dominical culture. We don't care if someone is born in what religion or what caste or what country or what uh, situation. If they have practiced the system of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they can become topmost Brahmin, topmost Vaishnava. If you're a Vaishnava, you need automatically a Brahmin. The Brahmin has 12 qualities, the Vaishnava has 13. All the qualities of the Brahmin are within Vaishnava. If someone is a Vaishnava, automatically they are as good as a Brahmin. So in society, we need to bring up people to becoming Vaishnava, and automatically they can be Brahmin also. That means that they will be well behaved, they will be learned, they can give guidance to their family, to society. What is the use of someone only born in a Brahmin family if he doesn't follow any of the political policies? Brahmin means one who knows Brahma. Who knows the Param Brahma? Who knows the Absolute? Brahman means one who is Sattvic. Brahman is to be Sattvic. Kshatriya is a Rajasic. Being a Rajasic means they are going to do what has to be But their good quality is that they are guided by the Brahmana. So this way Vedic society was working because the Brahmanas were highly qualified and Kshatriyas would follow the Brahmana. So Dharma was given most important of anything. Dharma meant not simply what faith you're going to profess and do all nonsense, but it meant the way of life to be based on progressive spiritual development, spiritual principles, on natural laws given by Manu, given by God, to respect others' property, to respect others' wives, to respect so many things. They're all there in the quotes of Manu. So, but today, if it was a Brahmin, but he's not sattvic, he doesn't eat sattvic food, he doesn't have a sattvic lifestyle, then what is the use? 
And then any That's not the solution. Being blessed to be born in a very great family where their forefathers were great religious people, rather than take off their garments, they should become qualified as Brahmins and leave society. But due to modern influence, they go to college and they learn, instead of, they may learn education side by side, they're learning all types of bad habits. Even in India, there's some percentage, 25% or something of all the students are taking drugs in the college. So it's just like the West, almost. Not so bad, but getting bad worse every day. Bad to worse. This is something which would make society good. Of course, we won't get it. We don't have people so bad as Guru Yadav. We don't have people so good as Rajuna. This is the problem. Everybody has a little bit of Akhuranyam, a little bit of Sura. So before, there was a demon and there was a devotee. So very easy. Kill off the demon, save the devotee. Now everybody has little devotee, little demon in here. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came, he didn't bring any weapon to kill the demon. Instead, he brought a weapon to bring out the devotee in everyone and to kill the demonic nature. Yasurik Praviti. This is what we need. Jagai Madai beat Kityananda He could have easily let them be killed by what Chaitanya Sudarshan Chakra. But he said if we start to kill them, we'll have to kill everyone. We saw thousands and thousands of Jagai Maharaj. So instead, he killed their demonic nature and made them into the orphans. Our purpose not to condemn anyone, but to let everyone become introspective, find out the Asura nature, let it be killed, let it be driven out. Don't let the Juliadon nature stay in the heart, let it go. Let only the dharmic nature remain. This is possible by chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Hare, Hare Hare, Hare Hare, Hare Hare, Hare Hare. Just as Krishna, he explained, he's not on this side or that side. He's nobody's friend, he's nobody's enemy, he's beyond that. He's on the side of dharma. If we practice, Sanatana Dharma, as it is, if we practice Bhakti Yoga, doesn't matter where we are, whether we're in Mayapur, or whether we're in uh, China, or whether we're in uh, Russia, or Africa, or England, if you practice, you'll get some benefit. You'll get some immediate effect. It doesn't matter, even if you're committing some sinful activity, you have to also accept the responsibility wherever you are. Maybe in the Mayapur, the Holy Dharma, there's some facility, a little bit of service goes a long way. One chanting here may be worth 10,000 chanting somewhere else. And by Lord Chaitanya's mercy, even he may forgive us, but we shouldn't voluntarily come here and do sinful activity. We should avoid it. We shouldn't take advantage of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy. People are coming to Mayapur to picnic. You see chicken feathers all over the all over the side of the Ganga. What is the use of coming to the side of the Ganges to kill a chicken and cook it? The Prabhupada said, being born in Hindu, being born in a Vedic culture, they're simply 
making the road back to hell. They come and they peel a chicken on the side of the Ganga and cook it and throw the bones in the Ganges. What they think they're going to, they think that they said they're going to the Ganga for Ganga Darshan. Actually, they're going to hell. They're coming in the side of the sacred river and they're doing all this nonsense. This is what the modern India is today. And if you go to anybody and say something, they think what's wrong with this guy. These sadhus are not living in the reality. The reality, if you commit a Mahaprabhat to Mother Ganges, to the Holy Dham, the reality is the next birth, they may become a chicken. They'll be cooked up by Uncle Thomas Sanders or Kentucky fried chicken. This is the reality. And more than that, because they're doing it in the Holy Dham, who knows? How much they have to suffer. The Vedas are very clear to tell us that we should know whatever we do, we have to take a karma. The president of Romania, if our family gets killed, it's not an accident. He has to also take his karma. Now he, he had some punya, he was king or dictator or whatever you call it for a while. Now he's suffering his uh, nectar for all the sacrifices that he's caused him, all the suffering he's caused. Someone may have good karma, now they enjoy it. Then after they do some sinful activity, then they have to suffer. So the devotee realizes this. He's not for against anyone. If he stops someone from coming and getting picnic, it's to stop them from going to hell. If we stop someone from committing an operat in Mayapur, it's to save them from the bad karma, from the operat, from the sins. If we go to people, tell them, lead a holy life, chant Hare Krishna, read Bhagavad Gita. This is not that we're doing it because we're going to get something out of it. It's not that we're trying to get more followers or something for ourselves. What do we need followers for? It's for their benefit. We know this is the thing which will help everyone. The preachers preach not because they have some personal interest. They know that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu loves everyone. And he wants everyone to be delivered from their suffering. He asked Haridas Thakur that, look it, everyone I've delivered, but still, these fishermen, these students, these professors, these, uh, these intellectuals, these certain people are there, they're still escaping me. The so-called highest and lowest in society. He was how to get there? Everyone, we got the kings, we got the merchants, we got the general workers, but these fishermen, they won't hear Hare Krishna. And the students, the students they're avoiding also. How to get there? So Lord Chaitanya was feeling some anxiety. He wanted everyone to get the mercy. Not, he didn't take one pie from anyone. He didn't ask anyone for anything. His purpose was to save them from their suffering, to give them the highest uh, benediction. He wanted to give his mercy to everyone. So Haridas Thakur, he told them, listen, don't be in anxiety. Prabhupada explained, this is the devotee's mood, the preacher's mood. He knows, Lord Chaitanya wants everyone to get his mercy, to get delivered. So the preacher wants to satisfy that desire of the Lord. It's not that we have some personal interest in preaching. Our interest is that it's Krishna's desire, Lord Chaitanya's desire. They, he wants, let everyone get the mercy. So it's our desire, yes, how to do it. 
How to satisfy the Lord's desire? How to give the message to everyone? No one should miss it. But the Lord is noticed like that. So Haridas Thakur, he was telling to Lord Chaitanya that uh, don't worry, even the Muslims, they're also getting your mercy, even though they don't know it. Because accidentally they chant the holy name. In their language, the word for offense or heathen, like a great aparat called haram, harami, haram. So they're saying haram, haram. So Ram is being said, so they're getting the mercy. Even Malaysia, I found there the name for day is called Hari. So they say Hari Christmas, means Christmas day. So they all say Hari Christmas. Hari Christmas. <laughs> it's just like Hare Krishna. <laughs> Hari Christmas. Hari means day. So they'll say eat day, eat Hari. Hari eat. Everything is Hari. So actually their kingdom was before under Hindu rule. From Orissa, the kings went and uh, they Indonesia, Bali, still a Hindu, other places converted. 600 years ago, Parameshwar was the last Hindu king in uh, Malaya. But their language still has these words. So one of the words of day, whoever made that language so nice, he said the day is Hari. So you have to say Hari every day. So somehow, Hari Das Thakur was explaining like that, that accidentally people are saying the name of God. This also is giving them the blessing. This will bring them, just even accidentally chanting. The name is so powerful, even you accidentally chant it, you get the mercy. In various ways, Haridas Thakur was explaining how the people would get the mercy. Actually, Advaita Gosai came from Navati to see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Nilachok. That time he said a poetry which no one could understand, but except Lord Chaitanya. He said that I am a crazy guy. And I go to the market. And I found that everybody else also become crazy. And I'm an owl, everyone else become an owl. Owl meaning a crazy, not an owl of Owl because owl bowl. Now there's no more demand in the market. And at that time in Bengal, Lord Chaitanya's preaching was so intense that everybody became Krishna conscious. So much so there was no more demand. Meaning the dual market was saturated. So then Lord Chaitanya felt this. Everyone is now taken up the chanting. Fortunately, decayed after some time. This is the effect of Kali. By preaching we can build up. Then we have to maintain. Very careful, otherwise things start to deteriorate. So this is the Prabhupada, so we have to be very careful to maintain the standard. Purity is the fourth. To maintain. Then someone may become a preacher, may become a sannyasi, may become a guru. But Kali will always try to weaken, weaken, weaken until break down. So you have to be very careful to maintain, otherwise you can become weakened. So now Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement, all that was covered, flooded, and all their knowledge become weakened. And now it's building up again by Prabhupada's mercy. Lord Chaitanya sent Srila Prabhupada to rekindle the fire sent previous acharyas. So this is our special objective now, to satisfy Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's desire. We want to saturate the market. Let everyone be talking 
you heard it, if you don't use it for God, it becomes the greatest destruction for the family, for the whole institution of society. This is going up. We see that parents are somewhat religious, the children are using their wealth in many cases, and they're destroying their whole family uh, tradition. Because the parents were not very concerned about using the wealth for spiritual purposes. Wealth should be not used just to build up some material thing. It should be used for maintaining and for using for spiritual purposes. So, India is a very rich place and people are still quiet. Otherwise, how are we existing here? We are only existing by the charity of people. That is their glory. But so much more they can benefit. So many other people then who are not using their hard-earned wealth to uplift the whole society and their family. And if they don't, then Kali will take advantage. He'll go wherever there's wealth is just sitting there. He'll go there. And then, if he's there with the wealth, he'll just, yes, now gamble. Now take intoxication. Now go to the hotel and eat meat, fish and eggs. Yes, now you can uh, have prostitution. You can go and enjoy So in this way, Ali destroys the whole fiber of the character of society. So we need to be very careful to realize what is the situation we're in. From the viewpoint of the Vedas, from the viewpoint of the Srimad Bhagavatam, and very enthusiastically continue to implement this program of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. What will be the result? Kali cannot stand. Darkness cannot stand before the light. Krishna Surya Sama Maya 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 Lukar Jaha Krishna Taha Maya Nahi Adhikar. Krishna cannot stand. Rather, wherever Krishna is, Kali has to flee away. So Krishna is there in his holy name. And this Hare Krishna movement of Krishna Conscious Society's purpose to spread the holy name of Krishna, the Srimad Bhagavatam, this transcendental science to everyone. This is to please the desire of Guru and Guru. It's the only purpose. If they're pleased, then the devotee is automatically pleased. Any questions? The difference between uh, this Mahabharata, they've taken a lot of advice from uh, the Krishna conscious devotees in Bombay. And they do, in the beginning of every uh, Mahabharata session, they do mention Srila Prabhupada's name. And they use our pictures. <laughs> There's a lot more of our influence in the Mahabharata than was in the Ramayana. And uh, the point is what a person says. These are all professional actors. They show Krishna as some 35-year-old man. Krishna never grew more than the appearance of uh, 20, 20, something, 20, like 16 or 20, 21. It's always never open. So show like that, but the acting is at least uh, reminding the people. Obviously, simply by this uh, Mahabharata, people are not going to become pure devotees of Krishna. I can't take Hariya Bhakti, Uttapakaya, The verse here quoting is Avaishnava Kotkiyanam Kutam Hari Patam Vitam Stravanam Hari Kotkiyanam Sarkasya 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 
But that is something is against the Suti Smriti Pranadi on Swadhyay Dhrim Dhinā. I can't be Hare Bhaktir Tupataya Bhaktir. There is something against the Suti Smriti Pranas, which causes uh, disturbance in pure devotion. Whatever is there, which is against the Shastra, that would cause a disturbance to pure bhakti. And whatever Mayavadi, something is being spoken, that would also be like a poison. I am not having the time to watch the Mahabharata. I think that Prabhupada, sometimes he said that uh, some things Instead of things, I know that Prabhupada said that some things are good for non-devotees and some things are good for devotees. Like sometimes we use some modern music techniques, practice all type of music, but use Krishna conscious lyrics. So that also he told George Harrison, who wasn't a pure devotee or anything, he told him to make songs for Krishna, use his skill for Krishna. So, you know that millions of people heard my sweet Lord and they said Hare Krishna. Certainly some benefit was there, but most people they don't know who my sweet Lord is. Maybe very few people became devotees by him. So the point is that, you know, unless the more it's Krishna conscious, the more it will affect the him. The more it's just superficial, it won't have a lasting effect. But for the time being, some benefits there. Now, since uh, they just want opinion, what's the use of opinion? All I can say is that I just happened to see uh, one of the sections recently where Bhishma very clearly said Krishna was Param Brahma, he should be respected like that. We shouldn't mistake him to be a human being, he's actually Param Brahma. So they said the actual philosophy of Mahabharata, the actual philosophy of uh, Bhagavad. If they stick to that philosophy, you know, I know that Prabhupada said that we can even invite one uh, drama troupe to come on a tour, professional troupe to the West to perform Chaitanya Leela. But he told them if you're going to come, you have to agree to be vegetarian and not uh, smoke and all these things while you're on the tour. So they couldn't agree to it. So he didn't take them. So you can say these people are not following. So ultimately, effect may not be lasting effect. For the time being, people are somewhat reminded, some side benefit is there. So we can take advantage of it. For the non-devotees, it's better than not thinking of Krishna at all. At least, for our purpose, if you think like this, people are going to surrender and become pure devotees. We don't have such a high expectation. For that, that's possible. If the devotees, if the actors were all like pure devotees, very pure, they're doing it then, the character would come out. Someone made a comment that the demon characters, they come out very strong, but the pious characters won't come out as strong. Because to get that character to come out, you have to have more of the pious spiritual characteristic. You don't expect that by watching Mahabharata, people are going to turn into Krishna. That wasn't also the theme of Mahabharata. But at least uh, you can say for devotees, it won't uh, maybe interesting for them. But it's not very highly recommended uh, for their spiritual development. It's interesting to see what the people are watching about Mahabharata, how they're presenting it. So we can present it in a better way in the future. But for that person, you can say the general public, certainly it's beneficial for them, better than not seeing anything. And especially since they are not 
I'm saying that with a qualification. I don't know. To some extent, maybe Mayavadi gets slipped in many places. But to some extent, they are sticking to the line. To that degree, people will benefit. To the degree they just misrepresent the data, certainly it will be To the degree they are following strictly, it will be It's not black and white. It's certainly it's better than nothing you can say that. Because they're getting some exposure to Krishna. But if they could really get them a half perfect acting by good devotees and everything in the devotee part, it would be a much deeper extent than even what they're getting now. Then people would actually become very much moved to actually become devotees of Krishna. But to some degree, consciousness is increasing. To maintain that, they need the association of the world to get off the emotional platform to be transcendental. Prabhupada used to say that previously all the villages, all, all over India, people were chanting Hare Krishna, there's only dramas about Krishna. He said, he, he didn't discourage that. On the other hand, he said, for ourselves, we are going to present a drama, we want to present it with the devotees who are practicing, so the people will get real impact. Any other questions? Last question.